Welcome to Positive Adoption, where you can find adoption, foster care, and trauma-informed parenting all in one place. I'm Kathleen Guire, your host, mother of seven, four through adoption, former National Parent of the Year, author, teacher, and speaker. But more than any of those things, I'm a parent just like you. I know what it's like to raise kiddos from hard places. I used to feel as if I were the only one struggling, and because I felt that way, I isolated myself. I don't want you to feel alone in your parenting journey. So grab a cup of coffee and join me for Positive Adoption, a coffee break podcast. Hi, Kathleen Guire here. Welcome to Positive Adoption. I'm continuing my series on parenting for this month. And before I start, I'd like to give my personal update and then my community update. In my personal update, I have been decorating for Christmas. Yeah, a lot. I've been doing a little bit every day and having fun doing it. I'm just really enjoying making my home look beautiful and have lots of lights and greenery. I think it's really uplifting my mood and maybe that's you too. Maybe you started decorating for Christmas early just because you wanted those lights and you wanted to feel good and you wanted to celebrate. Maybe you've already made cookies. Another little project that I've done is there were some really old runner sleds left in the house that we bought and um, I took three of them and spray painted them very very light gray and then I stenciled trees on them and I put some buffalo check um, little scarves on them. I'll have to post some pictures of them but anyway it's just one of the things doing projects and decorating and those things they lift my mood up during any season but especially during this season so what are you doing to lift your mood what are you actively and proactively doing to lift your mood so that's my little personal update and today I am batching a bunch of podcasts so the personal update and the community update may sound a little bit the same with a little bit of variation, but heading into next week, I just wanted to, my husband's taking some time off, even though Thanksgiving and Christmas will look a little bit different for everyone this year, we are still going to spend some time together and do some fun stuff at home. (laughs) Um... So, in the community update, one of the things I wanted to talk about that is opening up this week is I created a course, 25 Days of Thriving Through Christmas. It's based on the Advent devotional for foster and adoptive parents, and I'm just saying honestly this year, it's for anybody who has been living in this world and staying home and trying to thrive and trying to help your kiddos regulate. And if you want an Advent devotional with a daily tip on things to help you with your kiddos and a short daily scripture reading 
Plus, on the weekends, there is a longer reading and video. And on each week, I do a different topic. One is the angels, one is Mary, one is Joseph, one is the wise men. I'm probably saying them out of order. But anyway, that course is going to be opening up at the end of this week. It does have an accompanying book, which is the same name, the 25 Days of Thriving Through Christmas, an Advent devotional for adoptive and foster parents. And I just did uh, a new cover on the book, and I really like it. It's really cute. It's really exciting. And I will be doing a gift away of an e-copy of the book. And I and that will be on Facebook and Instagram on the whole house. So you need to follow me on both of those. And I will link this in the show notes. And I will link the course, which is free. And I will link the book. And, and you can follow me for the gift away. So I'm really excited about that. I think that this, you know, when I wrote this book in 2017, it was just, I had so many foster and adoptive parents who bought it for their support groups when it first came out. They all did it together and they told me how wonderful it was. And I'm not talking about how wonderful I am. That just means that it met a need. And I think this year it is definitely a need for us to thrive through this Advent season. So on to our topic. I will be moving things. I have notes written. Are you one of those people like me that has 40 bazillion notebooks and you type things up in notes? I'm one of those people. I started my notes in the wrong notebook and then I had to move to another notebook. Okay. All right, so last week we talked a little bit about does having children who are obedient make you a good parent? And on the flip side of that, does that mean in turn that disobedient children mean you are a bad or poor or not great parent? I talked last week about how God the Father, the first parent, and God is perfect. He's omniscient. He's omnipotent. So he's all-knowing. He's all-powerful. And if he, if his first two children, Adam and Eve, disobeyed, did that make God a bad parent? Omnipresent. That was the other one I was thinking of. Omniscient, omnipresent, omnipotent. No, God is still perfect in all of his ways. God gave us each free will. Your children have free will. We have free will. We decide how we are going to parent and how we are going to react when our children are disobedient. And our children make choices. Whether we agree with them or not, they make choices. I was reading about Eli yesterday and how his sons, God had told him, you know, they're not doing the right thing. They're, you know, playing around at the altar, sleeping with the women who serve there. They're doing all kinds of bad things. And Eli refused to correct them. And because he refused to correct them, there was judgment not only on his house, but also on the whole nation. And we have to be, we can 
parent our children, we can give them consequences, but we cannot make their choices for them. They have free will. So that was just a little sidebar that made me think about it. So I don't want you to think that I'm saying you should never give your kids a consequence. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying that your kids have free will and they will make choices, okay? And so that was just a little segue into this. You know, we feel like good parents when our kids are well-behaved, right? Raising my hand here. It's normal. It's natural. And it's a little bit of a misnomer or a false hope. So we put too much stake in our ability, our ability to have perfectly behaved kids. Instead, let's focus on what's in our control. And remember, kids have free will, like I was saying. And like I've said before, just in case this hasn't sunk in, God's first children were disobedient. Obviously, he had many, many disobedient children. I'm one of them. I go through seasons where I am disobedient or I do something and I realize it's disobedience and then I have to repent. Yes, we are all, we all go through those times like maybe once a minute or, but here's what I wanted to get to for the last five minutes of this or six minutes. God had a backup plan. He already had a plan of reconciliation in place before the foundation of the world. That's one of my favorite verses is in Ephesians 1, 4, and 5. Before he formed the world, before he put the foundation, he actually picked us out. He chose us to be part of his family. And here's the thing. He already knew that Adam and Eve were going to be disobedient. He already knew that they were going to sin. He already knew that he was going to send his son. He had a plan of reconciliation because his main goal, God's main goal, is to connect with us, is to be connected to us, to be in relationship with us. And he went so far as to say, you know, I want so badly to be in relationship with my children on earth that I will send my son from heaven to live on the earth, to walk with them and talk with them and teach them and perform miracles and then die in their place so that I can have a relationship with them. Now, you may be thinking, wait a minute, what are you talking about, Kathleen? Are you saying that we have to die for our children? In a sense, yes, we have to die to self for our children. And in extreme cases, some people have had to die to protect their children. But what I'm talking about right now is normal, everyday parenting. We have to have a reconciliation plan in place ahead of time. I think often we think of parenting as this thing that we either have or we don't have. It's just something that some people are good at and some people are bad at. And honestly, parenting is a skill. Just like any other thing in life, you know, it's something that we can learn, we can be taught, we can grow in. And maybe you've never thought about having a plan of reconciliation in place. And I, you know, it's not some big theological thing to have a plan of reconciliation in place. It's very simple. You know, there was a disobedience. 
how am I going to handle that and get my children reconnected to me? And like one of the um, participants who answered a question, you know, said that the way that we parent or connect with our children is different for each child according to their personality. So you might have to reconcile with these kiddos different ways. You will have to because if they have different personalities. So what does that look like? What do I mean? Like, well, you know, how do we reconcile with our, with our kids? Now, like I just said a few minutes ago, it's a skill. And let me just put this, I'm going to be talking about this on a later episode. We have to let go of the myth that perfect parents exist. So get that in your mind first. So, and I also said, which I will reiterate, your plan of reconciliation may look a bit different for each child and also according to their age and stage in life. But however you approach it, it should include reconnection after whatever you choose, the retraining or redo, the time in, the let's try that again, the clarifying your expectations, the recognizing the need behind the behavior, because we have to remember, and I had a little note on this too, um, kids who have experienced trauma or who have a capital letter syndrome may not have great executive function in their brain. You know, you think they're going to respond to you logically and they don't. They are impulsive. They might freeze or flee or fight. So I'm raising my hand here. We have to remember that sometimes these behaviors aren't really disobedience. They're just a neural pathway that is broken, that never formed maybe. So we have to keep that in mind. So when you're looking for obedience, then you have to have a reconciliation plan in place after the disobedience, but you also have to have an awareness of the child's ability. Many times it's can't, not won't. So in my last minute here, because I, I just threw a bunch of stuff at you and it's a lot to think about and maybe you need those tools. You're like, wait a minute, all of those things that you said after a disobedience about the retraining, redo, time and let's try that again, clarify expectations, recognize the need behind the behavior. That's a lot of stuff and I don't, I don't even know how to process that. Maybe you've never heard of these things before or offer the choices and let the kids choose. Um, you can, for, for example, offering the choices, you can get up off the floor and finish your dinner, or I can help you get off the floor and you can finish your dinner. So where do you find more information about this? Well, if you go to thewholehouse.org, and I will link this in the show notes, there is a whole article on instead of tips. And it is, it will walk you through all of these things that I just talked about. And you can call them tools, you can call them learning new skills, and you can pick 
and choose which tools work for your kids. And there's also a free printable instead of tips infographic. I will link that too. So I know I covered a lot in 15 minutes, but just remember, there are no perfect parents. Your kids are gonna be disobedient. They have free will. You need to have a reconciliation plan in place and you can learn new skills, put new tools in your tool belt. And I encourage you, take some time to read that article. And if you're like me and you like to pick it apart, print it, highlight it, print off the infographic and put it somewhere where you can see it. So that will help you. And then you can just say, you know what? I am getting better at my job by applying these new skills and using these tools. So thanks for joining me and I will see you next week on Positive Adoption. Bye. Thanks for listening to Positive Adoption. Make sure you subscribe on thewholehouse.org to receive your gift of five things, a tiny handbook for foster and adoptive families, and receive a monthly newsletter plus updates when new books or courses are released. Please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Podomatic, Spotify, or YouTube and leave a review so others can find positive adoption and know the value of the show. You're welcome to send an email to me positiveadoption at gmail.com and follow me on social media. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram at The Whole House and Twitter at Kath Guire. Thanks for listening to the show.